coming up on the Rip Body Podcast. At the time I was in London, um, I passed out, basically. I was going to work. I, I passed out as I was going to catch the bus and someone called the ambulance. I ended up in the hospital and the doctor said, hey, you passed out because of blood pressure issues and your blood sugar is crazy and you're probably overweight. I was like, man, I'm 21 and I'm here like a 60-year-old guy who's never done anything in his life. I don't want to live this way. And I will probably not live any longer if, if I keep doing this, right? Welcome to the show. I'm Andy Morgan, and on the Rip Body Podcast, we teach how to achieve long-term physique transformation. The fitness industry profits from keeping us confused, but we at Rip Body have stayed in business for over a decade by doing one thing, consistently delivering our clients' results. Today, I'm speaking to Alberto Alvarez, a guy who 10 years ago lost 150 pounds in eight months. And though neither of us would recommend doing what he did, he's kept the weight off and there's no doubt that this has changed his life. Now, Alberto translated our Muscle and Strength Pyramid books into Spanish and we've been friends for years, but he shared some stuff in this conversation that I've never heard before. He talks about the rough childhood that led him to be obese, how he lost the weight so fast, the two-year battle to regain control and how he's now able to travel extensively and yet maintain his physique while still enjoying the local foods. Alberto is now famous in Spain, rightly so, because he's making a real difference to the diet culture there. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with none other than the macro wizard, Alberto Alvarez. Alberto, amigo, you are a handsome dude. You're in very good shape. This was not always the case. You had a rough childhood. Could you take us back the story of what got you to be obese and how you managed to knock yourself out of it? Sure. Let's go. Whenever I share this story, people feel compelled to uh, talk me a little bit soft, right? Like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, this is really good memories for me because it actually transformed my life. Like life as I know it right now, I travel all over the world. I make money online. I help people doing so. I, I know people like you that I can call friends. So because of that, I can live this life. So it's actually really good memories. Yes. If I go back, I don't have anyone to call dad, right? I mean, I'm sure there's one, but I don't know who it is. I've always lived with my family, my grandma, my auntie, my uncle. I'm not with my mother because of reasons. Um, so I left the country, Spain, very, very early. Like when I was 16, I was in Ireland and my first job was McDonald's flipping burgers and been living abroad ever since. Uh, learn a new language, meet new people. And as you said, I was starting to become a little bit overweight slash obese. Why? Well, when I, I left my house, my family house when I was 14 in Spain, um, I started delivering pizzas. So my diet was coca-cola in the morning cereal get to work eat some pizza uh get from work eat more pizza because it was left over it was free and then go out with friends and have some drinks um to to run it all and that was it that was my life from 14 to 16 maybe some school here and there which i skipped <laughs> i didn't really like it i did my own studies i think uh, that the google university really helped me back there <laughs> i haven't actually asked you about this 14 you mentioned it before you left uh -huh. home? That was your grandma's at the time, was it? That Well, that was my mom. So we gave it another try for the second time. And it lasted four months and I just left the house. Yeah, I, I've lived with my mother 
and I, I love her. I don't want to talk badly about, about her. She was 16 when, when she had me. So I understand the reasons behind not being able to care for me or to be there. We tried a second stint when I was 14. I was going to school. I've always been in board school, I think it's called in, in English. Like you go boarding from school. Monday, boarding school, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. Monday to Friday, you're away. And then on the weekends, I would be with my family. It was great. Made great, great friends there. So every Friday, I would go back to my mother. And then Monday, I would go back to school. I gave that a try and it lasted four months only. So I, I just rented a room in the center of Malaga and found a job part-time and still went to high school. And, and that was the start of my independence, if you want mm. to call it. And was that also the start of your weight struggles because the food that you were eating was no longer these set meals at school and you were just, hey, Coke and pizza because that's what was free and cheap and you were broke because you were 14. Yeah, precisely. I've always been a little bit chubby. I, I really like food, sweet, salty, everything. So that always made me a little bit chubby. But yeah, when I left home, it was crazy, man. I remember when I started making a change in 2010, I was 135 kilos, which is... I think it's 300. 300 pounds? Yeah. Yeah, 297. And, and I'm 5'11", 180 centimeters. So I'm not a big guy. It was really, big, really overweight. Yeah. But I didn't see it as a struggle or as a problem. I'm, I've always been that way. The only time that I knew something was up was when I was shopping for clothes that I couldn't buy anything that I liked. I could only buy what, what fit that was fit. Right. And when I got back from work at McDonald's or Tommy Hilfiger that I work as well, or Apple even, from standing all day long, I, I wouldn't be able to walk in the house. I would have to crawl around because I have a little dysmorphia in my bones, in my ankle. Yeah. Since I was born. And that causes me pain when either I do heavy deadlifts or I'm carrying around too much weight for long periods of time, right? Right. So right, I didn't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know at the time. So you went from 135, so that's uh, kilos, so this is uh, to basically 300 pounds, to... Yeah. To 65 kilos, because I went too, too fast, too deep um, mm -hmm. in the cut. So that's uh, 130 at 13, so that's 143. So yeah, you've, you've, <laughs> you dropped 157 pounds. Uh, in how long? And how? Eight months. Eight, Eight months. God. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not good. That that's not good. That's outrageous. That's three and a half pounds of, wait, is my math on point? It is. It's like three and a half pounds a week. Yeah, you must man. have starved yourself. Starved. How did you do that? Really, though? So at the time, I was in London. And I passed out, basically. I was going to work. I, I passed out as I was going to get to the bus. And someone called the ambulance. I ended up in the hospital. And the doctor said, hey, you passed out because of blood pressure issues and your blood sugar is crazy and you're probably overweight. I was like, man, I'm 21 and I'm here like a 60 year old guy who's never done anything in his life. I don't want to live this way. And I would probably not live any longer if, if I keep doing this. Right. Yeah. Because in London, my diet was really crazy. Like if you think pizza uh, for lunch and dinner is crazy in Malaga when I was 14 in London, it's, it's, it was just insane. It was just pints of beer Double burgers, Pizza Hut two for one, pints of ice cream. It was crazy. It was Why crazy. though? Why though? You can get anything in London. Why was that the route that you took? I'm not getting at you. I'm just wondering. I want to understand. No. Of course. Of course. Um, why? Well, yeah. I was very young at the time. 
I wouldn't do that now. I was broke still. I mean, London is rough. If you don't make a lot of money, I was sharing the house with 14 people and I was making about a thousand pounds a month. So at the time. Oh God. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's about $1,400, something like that. In hindsight, I was being stupid because if I were to shop, I would have saved a lot of money. Right. If you'd have been to the supermarket and bought food, not only would you have had better food as well, you'd have actually saved money overall. You could have shopped in bulk. 100%, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm lying down there in the hospital bed, looking at the doctor. We're having laughs. He's like, your veins are like sausages and then you can make chorizo out of your blood and blah, 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 ha, ha, ha. Blah, blah. And I remember this club. So I, I hopped on the bus, went back home, but stopped one stop earlier than, than normal and just went straight to the club, to the gym. And there I met this wonderful guy called Ben Thomas, who I will remember forever and I love forever. Ben was a personal trainer there at the time. And he greeted me. He was like, hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm like, dude, I want to get rid of this. I told him the whole story. I've been overweight for my whole life. I just want to lose a little bit of weight. He's like, okay, do you have a goal in mind? And he looked just straight out of the Ben's Health cover magazine, like crazy ripped. I'm like, uh, yeah, probably you. He laughed and he's like, okay, cool. Do you have 10 years to invest to pursue this goal? And that completely, it was like, what? Are you trying to rip me off, man? 10 years working with you? I don't have a lot of money. What the hell? I don't want to work 10 years with you. Mm. And he, he kind of explained like, no, I'm talking, you have to think long-term. You might be able to reach these in a couple of years, but how are you going to maintain it? How are you going to keep this? It's very easy to say, I want this. It's not very easy to actually do the things you have to do to uh, attain it and to maintain it. So that completely shifted my mind to, oh, I might have to work a little bit longer than I thought to actually reverse this. And I made a promise to myself. I'm like, okay, Alberto, I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit um, financially to do this once a week, which was everything I could at the time. And I think that restriction of 60 pounds going off my account, I was making 400 a week, made me also restrict my eating out and restrict my consumption of uh, content online. At the time, I was probably drowning news and Facebook and more stupid, um, air quotes, things. And through Google, I found breedbody.com. I found Alan Aragon. I found Eric. I found everyone, right? So I think I was very lucky of uh, two things. Finding the right guy, Ben, and finding the right information from the get-go online. Like yeah, that took you me guys. years to find the right people, man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, in bodybuilding.com, you do get some some shit, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. still, uh, there is a 50-50. But yeah, it, I was very lucky to find websites like yours, for example. And I would just read and, and consume the entire thing. I remember being in the stockroom at Summit Hill for everything was done, but I, I still have to be there for like four hours, you know, usual work life. So I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to, browse this, this websites online and learn more. And, and I started putting into practice what I learned. And, but I went in too quickly. I was very naive at the time. And I, I thought, okay, if this is good, then more of it is going to be better. Right. I went down yeah. to 1200 calories. Yeah. Right. Where for 150 grams of protein. And that was it. Basically. I remember I was snacking on, on carrots, raw carrots on the street. That, so, that was my uh, snack. So this 1,200 calories, I reckon, was actually lower then. If it was 150 grams of protein, we're talking um, 600 calories from that with, say, minimal fat. So let's say you're doing, what, chicken breast? 
Yeah, there was some canned salmon, the water one. So you had, some, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 grams of fats in there, depending on whether it was a salmon day or not, which is going to bump you up by another 100, 200 calories. And then what? It was basically just raw veg. There were there were no carbs. In so you were just basically salads and very lean protein and, and yeah. nothing else. And then what about your exercise? Because even then the math doesn't add up. What was your yeah. exercise? Exercise was cardio in the morning, cardio in the evening, and then my training session. <laughs> God. Yeah, I knew it must have been something like that. So wait, how much cardio and how long? I don't remember, man. I was half running hour, a half lot. Half an hour or something. No, it was more. I was. I remember waking up at six a.m. to do it. So six to seven. So it was probably forty-five minutes if we take the shower time into account. And then I would weight train uh, during my lunch break, mm. which was normally one because I negotiated my uh, shifts to be the same, so I could execute the plan. So it was like six a.m. cardio, one p.m. weight training session, seven p.m. cardio again. That was it, and then dinner. So those were my days for eight months straight. And I was not going out with friends. I you had was, no girlfriend, did you? I had nothing. Nada. Nothing. Nada. Nada. Not zero. Nada. <laughs> Dude, I had nothing. No, no, no. I remember nothing. It was bodybuilding, like my concept of bodybuilding. I was training five times a week, plus the training session with Ben, which was completely different to my, my weight training routine. He was more um, high-intensity uh, intervals and, and circuits and because he wanted me to to actually burn more calories even <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and then on the weekends i would swim at, at the gym so it was completely 100 exercise and diet focus like my life was that that was it bravo how did you keep it up though like you must was your hunger not like, outrageously through the roof what is it that kept you going it, I, to be honest, I don't remember being very, very hungry. This, mind you, this was 12 years ago, so I might not recall everything. And it was actually exciting because I would see results so quickly. I was losing weight every single day for the most part, not at the end, but at the beginning, it was every single day. So that kept me going. I, I was super highly motivated. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so to anyone who's listening to this and they're like, wow, you know, I'm 300 pounds now and I've got 100 pounds to lose. I'm going to do the Alberto diet. What do you say? No, no, no. No, don't no, do it. no. Take, no. Take... But, okay. You're saying no, but hey, man, it worked for you. Let me play devil's advocate here, Helberto. It worked for you. Why the hell shouldn't I do what you did? Okay. Because after, after eight months, it took me about 16 to 20 months, so double the time, to actually settle my mind, my heart, and to actually learn the shit. Like, I thought I knew I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to train. I didn't know how to eat. Luckily, I learned that protein was important, but it took me like double the time to learn everything and to actually put it into practice. I got obsessed with paleo diet. I got obsessed with the keto diet. And why? Well, because I found myself at 65 kilos, super, super skinny and feeling restricted everywhere. I didn't have any friends because I, I was turning every plan down. So psychologically that was insane after eight months i completely transformed my physique but my yep. mind was somewhere else it was i don't know in india or somewhere it was traveling somewhere right so you replaced one kind of disordered eating for another kind of disordered eating and then you found exactly. you felt at the end trapped because you didn't know how you'd done it except for the calories guts yeah. like yeah, yeah. Just move more, eat less, keep going. Rah. 
that it was data. It was a complete calculator. Like I would just put in my app what I was eating and, mm. and it was green. It was great. And then my activity would have to be green as well. Right. So my, if my plan was cardio, cardio train, then do it, do it, do it. It was just a checkbox. Check, 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 check. And we're, we're not machines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I'm listening to this Alberto and I've followed uh, ripbody.com for a while. I know that it is about calories. I'm not someone who's going to get sucked into different diet fads here. I want to go really, really fast like you did. Are you still telling me that I can't? Yeah, you can. But just bear in mind that we're climbing our own mountain. So we think that if we go fast, we're going to get to the top very quickly. Nah, we're going to find ourselves very tired and drain uh, mentally, we need some time to be at base camp, recover, then keep climbing, right? And we don't stop climbing until we die. So, okay, go fast if you want. Just going to have to take a little bit, a little bit of a longer break at base camp and then keep climbing because, again, this doesn't stop. I'm not telling you it is a diet that you're going to have to keep forever. Not at all. I eat pizza now. I eat donuts. I, uh, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. I'm not 5% body fat. I don't have an eight pack so, showing, but I'm comfortable. I'm happy. But to learn all of that and to be out with friends now and eat pizza and go to Tokyo with you and have sake or a little bit of sushi or whatever and enjoy it and not think about, oh, how many calories here? How many calories there? It took me a long time at base camp to actually be there, read books and then, then practice things so yeah go fast if you want it's just gonna you're just gonna have to spend more time at base camp a good analogy man um that in the background is a photo of um have i shown you that photo before you know the document yeah, and yeah, i, I yeah. saw that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 14 incredible peaks. so when incredible. nims when nims was raising money for his trip he ran out of money after doing the first third of the 14 highest peaks i was following him quite early on instagram and he needed to raise money so he sold signed photos for his trip. I think he sold 500 photos at 300 pounds a piece or something, which is about $450. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll support this. So yeah, I treasure that because he did it. <laughs> and I think it is good to bear in mind that we are tougher than we imagine. Yeah. Anyway, got a little bit sidetracked there. Look, you're one of the few people who, who has lost weight really fast and then not rebounded. That's very rare. How much did your weight increase after you lost that initial amount? And then how did you manage to maintain things? So I'm 80 kilos now, hmm. give or take. And so you gained uh, 35 pounds, which considering you lost 155 or whatever it was, you know, that, that's yeah. fair. And you were underweight at that time, in fact. I was underweight. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, I gained mostly muscle, obviously some fat with it. Let's go to why I did it and then how I did it. Mm. Um, why I did it, I wanted to go out with friends. I wanted to have a social life again. I, I wanted to be able to switch jobs and not the first requirement be like, oh, by the way, you got to give me the shift because I train at one. It's like, this is like, hey, babe, what are you doing on Valentine's Day? What day is it? Uh, Friday, legs. I'm doing legs. I'm, from, I'm, I'm like, come on, man. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with everyone that's that guy. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. And so it, the why was like, basically, like you said, my heart has always been good, I think. And it, it'll always be. 
and it, it has been because of the people around me. I'm I'm positive about this. I don't have anything special. It's just the people around me that make me special, right? So my family, my friends, everyone, and I was starting to miss them. Like the only communication that I had was pictures of me shirtless with my auntie. I'm like, dude, what is this? Like, what what what, what is this life? So slowly I had to let go and start saying yes to plans. Like, do you want to come out with for rice biryani and some pitas? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I, I think carbs are evil, but hey, I have to do it and see if they're actually evil. Mm. And yeah, what happened? Well, they're not evil. I could eat them. I would track uh, two pieces of data, which is my weight and my performance in the gym. And those were going fine. I mean, yes, I gained a little bit of weight with all the glycogen and water that comes with the carbohydrates, but I was also lifting much heavier. And it was like gym sessions were starting to be like, oh yeah. And also I remember I didn't want to do as much cardio as before. My body was like, dude, more weight training, less cardio. Like I don't like cardio. Uh, it, mm. and, and it was telling me this by not sleeping well when I did the, the two a day of cardio, my knees were hurting a lot. My uncle was hurting a lot. So I, my body was like, dude, maybe more weights, less cardio. Cardio is okay, but don't overkill it. Mm. That was the why. And then the how is, yeah, I started just incorporating a little bit of carbohydrates mainly and then some fats. And I think the most important thing was I started cooking for my friends and family. I see that everyone, that anyone that cooks for you is, is showing love to you and is sharing an adventure and sharing an experience with you, be it. I don't know, a protein muck cake like we made in, in your apartment in, in Japan or uh, a chicken breast with rice or a, a full hog, I don't know, thing, whatever that, that's that's from your roots. That person is actually opening their heart to you, right? And it's uh, taking the time to cook for you. So I started reading more about chefs and, and cooking and, and food and culture and traveling and moved away a little bit from bodybuilding and hardcore fitness. So I started widening my interests and I got into motorsport as well, for example, and I learned how to engines work and, and architecture, different things, right? And that distracted me from the main issue of like calories and, and weights and my body dysmorphia or whatever, right? Mm. So yeah, it was a long time at base camp. It was probably four or five years, yeah. So you didn't find yourself with this insatiable drive to just eat and then keep eating after you'd lost all that weight? I, I had a moment. I and had a, a rebound. Yeah, I had an evening that um, I call Pizza Hut. Uh, remember, I was doing that was my habit. So I, I completely broke it and for eight months and then did not execute that. Right. So my mind was like, what the hell? Where is the pizza? And I remember one night after losing fat, I ordered a two for one again. And as I was eating the second one, my mind went to, oh, if I go to the bathroom and I vomit this, I can order two more and eat more because, you know, you haven't eat, been eating for eight months. So I remember going to the bathroom and actually opening up the, the toilet cover. And my mind went straight to like, Alberto, stop. If you do this, there's no going back. What, because what's going to keep you from doing this every single night? I mean, think about this. Yeah. I, I closed the toilet. 
I went to my bed. I was, yeah. I was very younger than myself. I was like, what the hell? What is this? This is not you. And then the next day, as I woke up, I was like, okay, let's write what happened yesterday and why you felt that way, why you were angry at yourself. And let's see if you want to do it again tonight, then maybe it's a problem that you have to deal with. Or it, it was just a one-off. And, and it was just a one-off for that night. Like my, my body was like, dude, where is the pizza? Oh, if you, if you ate two, then you might as well eat four. You know, mm. that kind of line of thought. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Impossible to say how important that pattern interrupt um, was. I, I think leaving my house at 14 and making all those mistakes super early. This was when I was 21. So it was seven years after. I mean, yes, I was very young. I was 21. But I had seven years of, of, of fucking rough life on, under my belt, right? Like I had to bring income. I had to pay taxes. I had to cook food, even if it wasn't really good food. It was pizza or it was reheating things. I had to do it. Like there was no one for me to do so. And I think that built a little bit of character in me. And so that's why I caught myself in the toilet seat like, Alberto, what the hell? This is not you, man. If you do this, there's no one to save you. No one is going to come here tomorrow to come for you. Be like, oh, poor thing. No, no one is going to do that. So come on. Yeah, maybe that's why it happened. So let's fast forward. We are now 12 years on from when you lost all of that weight. Can you tell us uh, how you started in the fitness industry? You got a job at Apple, right? You were doing well. Yeah, yeah, well. I, yeah. I was working at Apple. I started you left working on at Apple. good terms as well. Yeah, so I remember when we were in California. You got a meeting at Apple. We walked in. We had a tour of the campus. It was brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What's up? Why did you leave? Yeah. Why did you decide to come to the fitness industry when you could have <laughs> stayed in tech? <laughs> uh yeah. Good question. Main thing is I don't like to work uh, nine to five or whatever set time. I It's just like you keep learning, right? And you're like, why do I have to work? I don't feel the energy right now to work. And I do feel it at 6 p.m., for example. Why, why can't I just come at 6 p.m., do my thing, do it 100%, and then just leave? And that's not possible within an, a large organization, right? It's, it's just impossible. And I, so I get it. That's why you quit Apple. Cool. Yeah. Why? Why the fitness industry? The fitness industry. It's uh, mainly because of you guys, you and Tim Urban and Tim Ferriss and Ryan Holiday. I, I kept seeing like these people doing things online that move the world forward. Right? Be it small, be it large, it, it was moving the world forward. It was changing lives. And there I was at my Apple thing, like, yeah, I was maybe designing cool things and and, and implementing cool uh, systems for, for companies, but I, I still had to go within a time frame and to a place and I didn't really like it. So in my spare time, I kept developing my skills and my knowledge about fitness. And I found every friend would come to me with fitness questions or with mindset questions because we call it fitness, but I think fitness is much more than just macros and weight lifted. It's a lifestyle, basically. Yeah, yeah. people uh, come for the macros, but I end up having to kind of go through a side door and feed them what they actually need. 
which yeah. is the, the lifestyle, the yeah. mindset, the habits, yeah. the environment yeah, that, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So people were coming to you. You were known in your circle as the guy to go to because obviously people had seen that you had lost the weight and managed to keep it off. And you were yeah. still living that life and yet still staying in shape, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then also people were seeing that I, I was training like enough, not a lot, not killing myself. I was training three, four times a week and still do so. I was with them. I was eating hamburgers and pizzas and also very healthy foods, but they were like, hmm, how are you doing this? How are you eating this burger? Because people still um, link burgers and certain types of foods to not healthy so if you're in great shape you shouldn't be eating this you know so and, and that this still happens today and, and it will happen forever i think so this is a period of time especially so a period of time then where people associated someone in shape had to eat very quote-unquote clean they couldn't really eat out they had to be in the gym all of the time and here you are living a life of balance eating burgers with them and it's blowing their minds and so yep. naturally they're like yo alberto what's your secret right? <laughs> what's your magic what's your yeah. magic yeah and I, I remember the name the macro wizard came because of all these questions they kept asking for the magic like what you're you're a wizard what, what's the magic what's the magic and and it became sort of a joke and and they just stuck with me right and and i i, I never share any any unsolicited advice i just kept doing my life and i kept living and then people were following me and being like oh so let me look a little bit deeper. Oh, okay. So you take the sauce of the burger and then you ate some salad for lunch. So you had some energy left for this. And then when you get home, you top it up with protein. Isn't okay. Okay. And then you go training. Okay, cool. And, and they were like actually digging deeper to find the principles rather than just staying with, the, with what's cool and what's seen. So I started sharing that. I think my Instagram account goes back to... 2012 or 2011 so it was very early and twitter 2009 or something so after i lose the fat i started sharing that type of informa information and just life like i was documenting my life but it wasn't until 2017 that it actually took off a little bit so it was five years of me boom 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 slowly putting out information granted it wasn't very deep like yours it wasn't a, a full website that people could go to it was more of me just sharing flyers around right if you want to go with another analogy so in fairness you did come to me and you did ask if you could translate some articles and you did and that's what led to our relationship online uh, purely at yeah. first and then and then ultimately because you'd had that history of doing that we started talking about you translating the muscle and strength pyramid books we became friends met in person invite you over to japan we've been on trips together like if you didn't have Maria in your life, it'd be quite a bromance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. I want to take you back to a day. We're in Tokyo. You're making some coffee. And you say to me, Andy, I've got to talk to you. I think I'm going to quit. And you've been working hard at your Instagram account at that time. And I was like, bro, what's up? You say, I want to quit. I want to come work for you. People are giving me hassle. They're saying I shouldn't be, you know, giving nutrition advice. I, I just want to quit. Do you remember that? 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. What happened? Um, what I said or, and where that led? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. My coaching service, which I stopped in 2019, was mostly habits. It was mostly this having chats with people and sharing ideas and be like, okay, these are the principles and then direct, directing them to resources, sharing the science and letting them take the uh, decisions. But obviously when you have a little bit of luck and you have a little bit of success, um, some people start getting jealous and I was getting a, not a ton of them, but you know, bad messages stick. Uh, I mean, you can have a great day. You can have an amazing day, right? Like, we go on a Ferrari to Fuji and then you get a message from a guy saying, oh, you changed my life and please keep sharing this. And then in the evening you get, a, I don't know, an email from a publisher and they want to do a book with you and you're like, oh, this day is great. And then you open that last email, like you asshole, you are a fraud and you copy content and I'm going to bring you down and blah, 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 whatever. And you're like, oh, and then the, the day is gone, right? The day, the day is just like, Super bad, all of a sudden. Mm. So that happened to me uh, while, while I was in Tokyo with you. Some guy just messaged me and like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to bring you down because you're not a nutritionist and you're doing this service. I'm like, and I tried to explain. I'm like, I'm not doing what you think I'm doing, but whatever, man. And I talked to you. I'm like, I think I'm just going to stop coaching. I'm not going to do these, this thing, which I eventually stopped. But it was like, you're right. If would I have stopped at the time? I would probably not have continued my Instagram account and my articles and my newsletter, which has 50,000 people subscribed to it. So it's crazy. And you wouldn't have gone on and written the books and you wouldn't have gone on to build, let's not forget this other coaching company that you, you founded, yeah. Um, right? Yeah. So yeah, you quit coaching, but you founded a coaching company and you were pivotal in the development of that. And the coaches who run that now in Spain, don't let's not forget that. Yeah. No, long story short, I didn't. I mean, you actually told me, dude, you know what you're doing. You know, it's right. Just keep doing it, right? Those were kind of your words uh, to me. And you kept on. And then your account went from, I think, oh, 25K and now it's at what? I don't know, 200K or I don't even know. I mean, yeah, numbers are right. It's mostly the uh, the feedback, man. Like you get messages and like, we're recording this in the midst of the Ukraine crisis. I don't follow the news at all, but inevitably they, they get to you some way. To me, it was through um, a press release by Airbnb. It was an email saying that they would stop operations in Russia and they were waiving the fees for Ukraine, right? So I travel a lot. I use Airbnb a lot. I'm like, okay, I, I was a host in my house uh, of Airbnb. And I know they pay straight away. And it was really good for me at the time because I was complimenting my income while I was traveling. It was a very sweet spot. I might probably do it again in the future. It's great. So I started renting places online from people in Ukraine and just telling them, like, I'm not going to go there. Just keep the money. And it was like 20 euros or 30 euros because it's very cheap in, in Ukraine to rent Airbnbs. I shared this message with my audience and, and it's been 72 hours. And I haven't checked the numbers today, but yesterday there were 150 rooms rented uh, from them. This community that I built through fitness are actually renting houses in ukraine how crazy is that like that's crazy that's great look man this is what keeps you in the industry then exactly it's this ability to reach and touch way more people through the what i like about the fitness industry which 
gets a lot of shit, to be honest, because people talk about supplements and then the bad. I mean, it's it's great that we bring it to light, but it's there. It's that for the most part is people trying to better themselves. It's like a video game. We're, we're just trying to continue beating the boss and then gaining more levels and new armors and new things. I, li- I like to be around those people, man. It's, it's great. You might have a, a kid that's 20 years old and he just wants apps. You're like, that's cool. You might find that it's not apps you want, but I'm, I'm not going to be the one telling you. You have to find it for yourself. And if you want to come along for the ride, then yeah, you're welcome. Then just, just be here. And then you have this 55-year-old man who realizes that, okay, maybe just running with their kids is, is actually their goal. And to do that, you have to eat a little bit better than you did in the past. And here I am. Let's let's do it together, right? So it's a very wide spectrum of people just trying to improve themselves. And, and that's really cool. Abado, amigo, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking the time to share your story today so openly. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, man. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear about when we open up applications for either the Rising Coaches Collective, that's the community for online coaches that I'm launching at the end of the month, or the next group coaching cohort, make sure you're signed up to the email list. Just enter your email address in the box at ribbody.com. You will get my free nutrition setup guide, and some people have called that newsletter that they sign up to the best nutrition newsletter that they've ever had and i'd be honored to have you until next time peace